Not only has coronavirus really hit America, but socialism is here. No, not because of Bernie Sanders, because of the Trumpster. Bitcoin, what the fuck? GDXJ, what the fuck? JNUG, what the fuck? It's been that kind of week. Seriously speaking, we'll talk about the response to the coronavirus here in the U.S. There's breaking news everywhere. President Trump has just declared a national emergency. We'll try to break that down and what that means. The bottom line is, the richer you are, the better you'll do. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the witty, the smart, the intelligent, the insightful, the booked triple-digit gains early in this gold bull market earlier in the year. Mr. Nick Hodge, this is episode 61 of Bizarro World, and man, it is a nut show out there. How are you, Nick? Um, as well as one can be, I think, Gerardo, taking it all in, uh, along with everyone else, texting and calling family and friends, checking in on one another, and um, trying and largely failing to to get meaningful work done. Let's start with that. I think that is important. I see that you sent several um, reminders and updates to subscribers, as did I this week. You know, obviously commenting and opining on the market and the direction that things are going, which we'll get to in just a bit. But I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think, you know, with 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 the panic that's going on globally, um, everything from coronavirus to, you know, the, the, the situation that's developing again in Iraq uh, via Iran, um, it's important to keep sight of the important things, right? Which is, of course, family, friends, loved ones, taking a little time for yourself to, to realize that this, this will pass, um, but there are definitely some precautions. And I want to get right to that. Um, that if you have older members in your family, and by older, it's not to insult anyone, it's the vulnerable according to the CDC, which is 55, 60 and up with underlying health conditions, please, by all means, not just them, but you, the younger people in your family, please take precautions because that is the segment of the population globally that is really going to be affected. Um, and the numbers bear this out by this coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing. Um, any thoughts there, Nick? And 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 I I know you have some because of family and friends, obviously. Uh, I mean, I think we're all seeing a lot of the same things. We know who's being affected. Um, I think people fall into certain groups, right? They're either um, over preparing or under preparing or over informed or com uh, completely and utterly uh, under or misinformed. And so um, I just think, yeah, reaching out, uh, checking in. At making sure they have a, a, a firm grasp on the, the situation and the easy things you can do to prevent its spread. Um, and just, you know, because they probably like to hear from you. Um, events like this can be isolating. Uh, they can make you, you know, feel like you're alone. And a lot of old folks, um, unfortunately, do have to face a lot of things alone. Uh, and so, yeah, check in on, on those folks or if you're in the position to make donations to, to quality organizations that help those folks, especially um, as it comes to meals and things, as, as they become uh, unable to leave their homes due to quarantine or lockdowns, those things are important. Let's talk markets. Let's get to it. Gold closed right around the 1518 level, sold off drastically this week. Um, 
We've mentioned time and time again that we thought the velocity of the moves in the bond market, the gold market, and the major indices around the world would accelerate. That has absolutely been the case this week. Silver was absolutely slaughtered down some 8% just today. Um, th today being Friday, of course, we record on Friday and publish on Monday. Copper has been remarkably resilient, holding right around that 249 level. It seems like copper has bottomed um, because despite all of the bad news that we've got in, re in, 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 in terms of the response globally and specifically here in the U.S., which we're going to get to in a bit, it refuses to go down below that 248, 249 level. So that's you know, if you're looking for some encouragement, there's some there. Central banks around the world did what we said they would do because it's all they can do, right? Cut and spend. Um, the Bank of Japan injected 500 billion yen. Um, Norway's central bank cut the rate by 50 basis points. Um, the Bank of Korea is in talks over a possible emergency rate cut. We have our Fed here in the U.S. next week is expect is expected to cut, you know, if not 75 basis points, maybe all the, you know, all, all the way down to zero. And some people are speculating that negative interest rates are on their way here. Um, we had the biggest single day gain in the Dow today, nearly 10% since 2008. And despite that, the Dow still lost 10% this week, while the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ slid more than 8% each. To top that off, President Trump has declared a national emergency and has decided that, like we told you he would, the banks, the oil companies, um, amongst others, were, were, were going to be you know the first priority. And sick and old people and savers and vulnerable amongst you you can figure it out. Let's go one at a time, Nick. Let's talk gold, drastic moves in the market. Um, you and I were talking a bit off air. Some of the some of the ETFs, you know, <laughs> JNUG was down 66% today. It closed at 447. Provide some context as to where this thing was just last month. Oh, GDX was over. <laughs> um, oh, excuse or me. JNUG, JNUG. JNUG was over $100 last month. And of course, that's a, a leveraged ETF on the junior sector. But this is a, an ETF that was trading, you know, in the $90 to $100 range in the second and, and third weeks of February. And, and like you say today, um, closed below $5. Just um, leveraged products to gold stock upside have been demolished. And um, that's because gold... Uh, and gold stocks have been hammered hard. Um, you know, gold was resilient for a bit, but in the past couple of days has uh, taken it on the chin, closed down uh, today, Friday the 13th, yesterday the 12th, the 11th it was down, uh, and down the 10th as well. So from March 9th, uh, when it was over 1700 bucks to, to today, we've gone, you know, uh, down to 1520 or so. Um, and so um, it doesn't it doesn't feel good. It's not what you initially expect. Right. You think it's going to be a safe haven. But there um, really has been no safe haven here other than um, the dollar to some extent and, and bonds to some extent, which has driven yields to, to record lows in the 5, 10, 20 and 30 year um, U.S. instruments. And so 
it's a baby in bathwater thing. It's the it's the same as in 2008. And you're seeing a lot of this um, analysis from from other people. You've no doubt heard or read or seen about the margin calls you saw. Uh, Rick Rule on Bloomberg talking about that. What's his quote? Um, gold stocks are stocks. And when people are selling stocks, gold stocks are not immune. Um, and that has certainly been the case um, over the past two or three weeks as, um, you know, positions that we talk about here and ones that we don't that are quality, you know, pick your name has been cut in half, 40, 50 percent from what we thought were uh, bargain valuations. Uh, a month ago. And so it's just utter um, carnage. And so you're seeing infighting among gold bulls. People are asking sneering questions. I thought gold was a safe haven. Um, and so let's unpack that a little bit. Mm. Look, gold's still, at a, gold's still at a six-year high. It saw mm. this coming. It, it ran from 1300 to 1700 bucks in the, in the past, whatever, four months. So it was baked in. Um, it saw it coming. Uh, what else? Like I said, it's going to uh, sort of mirror 2008, 2009, where, yes, uh, gold and gold stocks got whacked during the carnage. But then what happened? Gold went on to outperform for the next three years, um, as did related equities. And then the last point before uh, I be quiet is that um, with these uh, yields going so low, we have negative real rates with inflation. And mm. you really couldn't ask for a better recipe for gold coming out of this thing, right? I think some perspective is important. I love that you mentioned that gold is at a six-year high. Um, if fifteen hundred is all that we're going to see in the in the way of a drop, and and I do think, by the way, technically that because we closed before that or or below that fifteen fifty level, that there is a chance that 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 we might see mid fourteen hundreds early next week. In part because of this declaration um, that the Trump administration is rolling out, which, you know, they're purchasing oil in the open market. I joked about socialism coming to America, but, you know, there's going to be $50 billion as a response to um, this coronavirus breakout. A part of that is going to go to buying oil in the open market. Um, despite the Fed coming in and and, and just, basically saying we are going to throw the kitchen sink at keeping rates low. Um, the rates haven't really cooperated. We saw a 10-year that flirted with you know the low 30 basis point mark earlier this week. It closed right around the 1% mark today. Um, that is a huge move when the Fed is telegraphing that it will provide as much liquidity as the treasury market needs. And let's be clear that this is the Fed pulling out the bazooka um, in hopes of keeping those rates under control because if it loses control of the short-term rates, it's game over for central banks. And again, everybody is looking at the freeze-up um, in bank-to-bank in, in -bank lending here in the U.S. and thinking that is the big danger. And I am telling you, folks, like I've been saying for years, I always said that the blow-up would happen in the bond market. I always said that for gold to be in a real bull market, the next one, the one I believe we're in now, that gold and the dollar would have to hold hands together higher, along with the major indices. So I'm going to take the contrarian view on the major U.S. indices. I think we may see another 5 to 10% down even after today's gain. Um, and then I think you're going to get a slingshot move higher. 
I also believe that rates are going to have to come down because, of course, we talked about um, the Fed cutting next week, which I believe happens. But the the, the action is going to come out of Europe, folks. You need to watch the banks there. Um, the Fed pulled out the bazooka, not because our banks here in the U.S. are undercapitalized. As a matter of fact, on Wednesday, five or six of the major bank CEOs or representatives sat with President Trump and told you how well capitalized they were, how they learned from 2008, how they were going to extend lending to the everyday person that needs a loan, which I don't think will happen. We'll talk about that in a bit. But they made it clear that the banks here in the U.S. are okay. This liquidity is a way to try to keep rates down because I believe next week you're going to start seeing serious cracks in, in, in the European bank scenario. And I think that um, the Fed understands that if treasury rates in the short term go up, it's, it's, it's game over for, for Europe, who, who, who for all intents and purposes has killed their bond market. They are the only bid for bonds. And that's coming to the U.S., but it, it has to come in order. It's Europe, Japan, and then the U.S. It, it, we're not in danger of blowing up here in the U.S. just yet. It's going to take some time. I think if you look at the dollar, the dollar's telling you that. Everything sold off but the dollar. The dollar is now again at 98.5. It hit a low of, I think, 95, 94 earlier in the week. It's a massive move in the currency markets. A massive move. And if gold's going to come back and do what I think it's going to do and push 1750 here in the next month and a half, it's going to have to do so alongside the dollar. Um, that's my rant on Europe, the bond market, the liquidity bazooka, gold, the major U.S. indices, and, and what happens next. And there's unknowns as well. I mean, you know, the Bank of Japan has been directly buying equities. There's certainly potential for that to happen with European central banks and, and U.S. central banks, I, I would have to assume. Oh, I, I, I think it's in the cards. I, I think it's absolutely in the cards. I think uh, the ECB will add to that. I think uh, the BOJ will add to to its asset purchase plan. And and again, they're floating the idea here. And you and I said that from the very beginning. We said, you know, the the, the administration and the Fed's going to protect bankers and corporations and and the stock market before all else and and they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that those sectors stay afloat it's why the rally today on friday was so pronounced after this declaration of national emergency let's get to what the declaration should have focused on testing we have the nba now has postponed its season because of coronavirus uh, Major League Baseball, same thing. NHL, same thing. Uh, March Madness, college basketball, same thing. All across the board, concerts are getting con um, canceled. It's across the board cancellations. And we just heard a speech from President Trump, which basically said, hey, I'm coming to the rescue of the stock market and corporations. And oh, by the way, in a month or so, and he bragged about this, and this pisses me off. We'll have 5 million tests available within a month. Don't think we'll need them. 5 million tests, Nick, in a country with 327 million people. And the focus is on the stock market. The focus is on buying oil in the open market, which I'm not against. I just want to call it what it is. This is exactly the type of stuff that Bernie Sanders got accused of doing. He just wanted to do it with, with education and healthcare, right? 
Mr. Trump and his administration is willing to do it for corporations and the oil sector. And, and, and we'll see, we'll see what else comes out of it as a result of, 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 of this approach, but let's call it what it is. It's corporate welfare. Am I wrong? No, you're you're a hundred percent right. The same with the the farmers, which you talked about months ago, when yep. we, you know where the trade war was the flavor du jour, and talking about how it was impacting the farmers the worst. But you know, get they get handouts from the Republicans, but they're not called handouts, and that's not called um, socialism. It's the it's the same thing, and this virus um, is exacerbating and bringing to the fore many of the things that we've talked about, and so. Um, you even saw Trump say that, you know, he didn't want to sign a package. I haven't seen if they voted on that package yet today, by the way. I got to read news, but Congress was supposed to uh, vote on an aid package today. And he was saying uh, he wasn't going to support it if it included, uh, you know, certain benefits or, or what he called handouts. And so you can really see uh, the juxtapositions in, in you know, many philosophies and and uh ideas in, in modern U.S. politics when, um, you know, a virus breaks out and all of a sudden Republican senators are calling for free testing. Um, and no one stops and says, hey, wait a minute, isn't that <laughs> to socialize medicine, right? Or one payer <laughs> policy, right? Um, which it certainly is. Um, and then on the private side, um, you have uh, companies like Darden, yes. which owns... Um, Olive Garden and and Longhorn Steakhouse and a couple of other chain restaurants. Um, you can position it how you want. You know, they would say we stepped up um, and offered hourly workers uh, paid leave so they can stay home if they contract the coronavirus to help prevent its spread, et cetera, without feeling obligated to work so they don't lose pay. Um, and then conversely, you have people saying, well, why the fuck did it take a global pandemic for you to offer this? Uh, to your workers, right? And so um, it's just a fascinating debate. It's interesting how, you know, I was saying just two weeks ago, Gerardo, how in the fulcrum of the crisis, the solutions become so clear. And mm. here it is, the fulcrum of the crisis, and we're just laying waste to things, right? Like, oh, um, coverage for hourly workers is so contentious before, nope, done by, yep. um, you know, a multi-billion dollar corporation. Another example I saw is, um, like the onerous um, application process to get approved as a nurse. I think it was in Massachusetts I saw where yep. um, you, you had to go through a process, an application process, wait for the state to get it, wait months to hear back. Well, all of a sudden uh, you can become a registered nurse in 24 hours. Well, then you got to ask the question, why the hell did it take six months of bureaucracy before? Um, and so, uh, you know, I just get excited talking about it, but this is like the positive change that that crises usher in, right? And that's the upside. Like, like, what do you do to to come together and change policies and institutions for the good? And we're seeing some of that, uh, which I think will prove to be historic in real time. And so um, it's just interesting. And then you get that that fight in in Congress, where it's that the same thing I just talked about. Is it? Uh, the government's responsibility? Is it private corporations' responsibility? Is it government's responsibility to make it the private corporation's responsibility? Um, and so just fascinating things going on. And 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 sad on, on one front, uh, to your point about having the test available, um, and we covered it last week, so I won't kick the horse too much, but just continues to be slow, continues to be chaotic, ah. um, and, and continues to... 
and people are catching on, right? Like, wait, I can't get a test, but the whole Utah Jazz team just got tested. Like, hey, that's where I was going, and that's what I want to make sure we highlight. We don't want to kick the horse because we you, you can you can listen to last week's episode. We kind of told you uh, everything that how, how it was going to play out this week, despite all the surprises and, and and the things that came out of nowhere, right? But we told you that the Fed would act. We tell we're telling you now that the Fed's going to cut big time here um this coming week. Um, <laughs> we're telling you it better get control of the bond market or Europe's banking sector is in deep, deep trouble. Those are all things that we've been saying for a very long time. But the one thing that I do want to highlight is how is it that the Utah Jazz are able to get their hands on 58 tests within hours, within hours of requesting them. And most of this country, 99.999% of America, I don't care about your political affiliation, of America cannot get tested. Well, money talks. That, and, and that's it. And, and and again, you know, without belaboring the point too much, for everyone that's listening, whatever your political affiliation or party is, we need to start asking better questions of our representatives. And I know we say fourth turning every week. Guess what, everybody? We're going to continue saying it because it's happening. Um, the youth that's growing up and seeing this, I, I, I have these conversations with my 11-year-old and the questions he asked me are, are, are interesting because of the perspective of an 11-year-old. And so these th- are things that are just clear as day to him. Like, wait a minute, how come if you have money, you can get tested and a doctor will come to the house and check up on us, but everybody else can't get an appointment to walk in and they're telling them to stay home, self-quarantine and don't go anywhere. Don't know how they'll make a living. Don't know how they'll pay their rent or their mortgage. Don't know how they'll pay their their loans back. They're just being told to stay home but because we don't have the means to test you. It's money, everybody. And right now the system works for those that have. It's been that way for a little bit, but I'm telling you the younger generation isn't going to stand for that. It's going to change. It, it, we are in the midst of a fourth, ter- fourth turning. And, and there's, <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on. It's, it, it's hard to keep up, right? It's all breaking in real time here. Mr. Rogers oh, has coronavirus. I mean, so many people. Uh, <laughs> Justin Trudeau's wife has coronavirus, the prime minister of Canada. Um, who was at PDAC. The, uh, who was, and that's why I'd be, we, uh, there, was PDA, <laughs> yeah, there was coronavirus at PDAC for sure. That was confirmed. Um, there was an Australian official that met with Attorney General Bill Barr and Ivanka Trump last week, who's now been shown to be uh, positive for coronavirus. Uh, the president of Brazil has tested positive for coronavirus after calling it a fantasy last week. And so, and hanging I mean, out with gosh, Trump, shaking hands. I think Trump has coronavirus, by the way, if you want me to put my tinfoil hat on, I think he's got it and he's waiting till the, 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 the thing passes before he gets tested. So he can tell everyone, see, I don't have it. He's refused to get tested. He's shaking hands with at least four people that had it a week later. It's like I say, it's everywhere. I mean, you know, that was what we talked about last week, how the spread has been so rampant. Um, We're learning now that, um, you know, some people are asymptomatic, so don't even know if they've had it. And um, yeah, I think this thing is going to be everywhere. Did you see this high, the high end CDC estimates one over a million U.S. deaths? If, 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 If caveat here, big asterisk, if no interventions are taken, um, of which some interventions have already been taken that weren't included in that estimate. So that's a really, um, you know, dramatic number, but crazy nonetheless, right? Again, a million deaths. 
And, 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 and this is where the lack of testing just really upsets me. Um, there's no way of knowing who has what, where, because we don't have the infrastructure. We just don't have it. We don't have the infrastructure to be able to identify who's sick, where they're at, how to contain it. Um, I can tell you here locally in Round Rock, right outside of Austin, where I live, you know, we, we're, we're going into spring break for the kids and the timing couldn't, couldn't be better because, you know, it's, it's a couple of weeks where the kids will be home, but I kept my kids from school today. It was, it was for my high school, for my 16 year old, you know, it was senior skip day and he's a junior. He was like, we're not going to do anything anyway. So I said, well, just stay home, you know, and my youngest, um, we made the decision last night to keep him for the same reason. There wasn't much going on. He's in sixth grade. And sure enough, in the morning, we got a call saying that, you know, there were reports of a student possibly um, having uh, to be tested for coronavirus. And so out of out of just being cautious, they were they were canceling school today on Friday. And so that ended up being a good call. But again, um, that 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 person would have to wait for a test. Um, and there's no guarantee that person would get one. So. It's just, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it didn't have to, had we reacted as a country the way that we should have reacted. We shouldn't be declaring a national emergency a month after we realized this was serious and we saw it happening happening in real in time. In January. In January. Yeah, two months. It's March. Yeah. Madness. Um, we didn't even talk about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is, is, is Bitcoin dead? Bitcoin is down to 5,000. It touched 4,000 earlier this week. Um, that gosh, caught me off guard. I, I got to admit, it, I, it I was caught a bit off guard with that one. I, I, I've expected expected the moves in the gold price and the, the velocity and the stock market and, and the initial sell-off in, in, in the gold equities and the juniors has been worse than I anticipated. It, everything sold off, but I think the rebound will be healthy. Um, but I didn't, you know, and I'm no Bitcoin expert, but I definitely didn't think Bitcoin would get hit the way it got hit. Um, yeah, me either. And I'll tell you, it, it, it makes sense in retrospect. Now, one, I haven't been paying attention to it. And so, you know, I know I'm not the market, but, um, you know, when, when shit hits the fan, um, you go to what's proven. And I think Bitcoin is just so new that in historic moments like this, where we're talking about, um, you know, biggest down day since 1987, right? Most volatility, most, biggest down day on the TSX since World War II, for Christ's sake. Mm. Um, that, you know, when you're when you're dealing with uh, VIX at 71 and $75 moves in gold that um, these flashy new cryptocurrencies are sort of an afterthought. Uh, I don't think that's always going to be the case and nothing quantitative here. This is going to be anecdotal. Um, you had Edward Snowden tweeting about Bitcoin today, saying it's the first time in a long time he felt like Bitcoin uh, was a buy. Take that as uh, you want. Uh, the angle I think about is like the dirty money angle, right? Like, um, have you just like looked at the dollars in your pocket for the past week? Like, I've just been looking at them as like dirty. And I know that uh, the Chinese government um, was talking about, you know, don't use currency. Currency can spread disease. And early on, that was one of the conspiracy angles, right? Like, oh, is this sure. thing engineered to kill people? Is this thing engineered to, you know, ban paper currency or whatever? And that's certainly the upside of uh, uh, a digital currency, being able to transfer an asset wherever you want, uh, make a retail transaction without having to touch anyone or anything. 
Um, and so I don't think this is a death blow to Bitcoin in any means, but um, I don't think it's uh, got a seat at the adults table for the time being. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's talk things that make me happy. Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison. Um, that made me smile. And obvious, I you don't have to get into details, right? Rapist gets to go to prison for a long time. Rapist is older. Rapist likely dies in prison or shortly thereafter. That made me smile. So there, were, there, there was some good news this week. How long do you think he keeps up the act with uh, the walker? <laughs> I'll keep my comments to myself on that one. Um, he may want to keep that walker around. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good to see, um, you know, I'm waiting to hear more information. I, I didn't follow it too closely. There was a bigger fish to fry clearly this week, but I'm interested to hear from the jurors, which um, I, I have read was uh, or is uh, really difficult. Like apparently none of them want to talk. I was reading in an article today, like no journalist has been able to get any of them. So um, interested to see what was discussed in the jurors room. Agreed. A reporter asked President Trump, do you take any responsibility for the backstop and testing and the lack of tests available to the American public? He said, I don't take any responsibility at all. Next well, question. <laughs> Next question. Oil is up um, on news that the U.S. and President Trump and his administration will be, quote unquote, filling up the reserve at these incredible prices and they're paying a great price because why not, right? So oil closed up. 5.87, nearly 6%. Um, this, as the Saudis and the Russians continue to play oil chicken. Uh, did you see what the Saudi crown prince decided to do right after the Russia-Saudi Arabia spat and when it appeared that um, the 84-year-old king's hold on the throne was weakening because there's, there's rumors that he's sick and dying? Out of the corner of my eye, I spied the fact that he is ready to consolidate power. Yes, go on. So he arrested um, cousins and, uh, and, 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 and basically anybody um, who he felt thought they, that, you know, that they may have a right to the throne. So I just thought, again, this is, this is the turn of 84 years you know, the king is, is, has held on to the throne or he's 84 years old, but he's held on to the throne, you know, for decades on end. And again, the the system may not change for now, but the faces are definitely changing out there. And I'm really curious to see how that part of the world reacts um, to this power grab um, by him. And that's, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see how that develops. I just wanted to put that out there because I believe there's going to be more to that story here in the near term yeah keep an eye on it um oil's been a tough one to figure out it's uh, on the one hand really scary because uh an oil fall like we saw uh last weekend um down 30 percent overnight to me would portend some sort of really really serious uh worldwide economic doom um but then you have to layer in a lot of other things you have to layer in the um, OPEC meeting. You have to enter in the uh, whole um, geopolitics and, and Machiavellian nature of 
uh, the shale producers and what Russia and Saudis want to do to them, perhaps, uh, perhaps jointly. Um, uh, there's talk that, you know, Putin had, did what Putin did in concert with the Saudis to drive the price down to fuck the shale producers, right? This is a complex game. Um, and then there's the whole electrification thing, right? Where, where we know that there's a massive transition underway and you wonder, um, you know, how much demand destruction is being priced in. It might be a bit early for that, but there's a lot of things going on with oil and certainly, um, uh, what you just said is 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 being done to consolidate power in the in the Saudi kingdom. So um, how else can you say it? We've already talked about the historic nature of the moves, the bond yields, the um, now further unprecedented central bank intervention here. What's going on with the Saudis? These are big, big, big things. Let's talk about the Fed's intervention, the initial one. Um, the Fed will quote extend its purchases across a range of maturities to include bills, notes, treasury, inflation-protected securities, and, and here's the one, other instruments. That will be defined later, and if the stock market throws a big enough fit, it will include asset purchases in the stock market like many other central banks already do. Um, the central bank will begin purchasing coupon-bearing securities um, it started yesterday, Thursday. It will now continue through April 13th. Um, this is permanent folks. This will not end in April until it all explodes because it can't end in April. If rates go too high, you have sovereign defaults all across the globe. You have money rushing into the dollar, sending it much higher. That's going to happen anyway. And then you have, you know, basically governments and central banks and economies imploding um, and a great reset, more fourth turning stuff, right? Um, so it can't back away from these purchases. It's just impossible without the kind of contagion that that will inspire. It's going to happen anyway, but this will delay it for a tiny little bit. Second part of the new operations, we'll see the New York Fed offer offer $500 billion in a three-month repo operation and a one-month operation. These will happen on a weekly basis through the remainder of the program. In addition, there will be at least $175 billion in overnight repos and $45 billion in two-week operations. Um, I mean, this is historic. This is we're talking trillions of dollars of liquidity and interest rates went up. What comes next, Nick? Oh, I, yeah, I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think they're, like you say, intervene to buy um, equities directly. Um, we've seen mortgage rates uh, going up a little bit. We've seen... Um, uh, the market not respond favoritively um, or favorably to the bazooka this week. You know, the market went down yesterday after the Fed announced that hard. It bounced back today on Friday, went down hard on Thursday. And so the market is is telling them more now. Uh, and like you say, they have to listen. And so I know we've been talking about, um, you know, 
the punch bowls and shots of heroin and the market junkie forever. Um, but this piling on of paper really is fuel for what's going to be the ultimate um, gold bonfire. We just have to um, take it day by day, right? Because it's not going to happen overnight. You've been saying there's going to be 50 to $100 moves in gold, both to the upside and the downside. Um, we're experiencing those now. And so I think we um, just have to stick to the game plan, right? We, um, you know, here's my thought process this week. Sorry, I got to talk just for a little bit longer. No, you know, no, months no. ago, you, you were asking me about, I had sold some of my um, retirement funds, right? And that was like right when all the indicators said that this was coming, like earnings growth uh, was slowing down. It, we had just started to experience the volatility last year and um, it was palpable, like we knew something like this was coming, but certainly enough, um, you can never see the black swan, right? And so um, personally, um, and you saw this play out in real time, if you listen to this podcast, you, you, you read what I write, I was lulled back into complacency, right? I put that money back to work, even though I knew, like I'm sure you knew and lots of other people knew um, what was ahead. And so that's not to say that we were caught flat footed. And that's not to say that we haven't lost money. Yes, no one could have seen the black swan of of coronavirus coming. Yes, I lost a lot of money over the past month. Um, have you sold? That's an important point. No, it, okay. It, you know, so you're down. You, I, I, you're down. You know, I know you don't lock in losses until you sell, of course. But um, I'm confident in the way I was positioned heading into this. No, I didn't have all my money out of the market, and yes, I took um, losses. But the positions I hold. Um, and this is another Rick rule line here is like you make money on the buy, right? Like I'm mm. confident at the valuations at, at which I own my speculative gold positions. And so I'm sticking to my playbook. I don't know if that answered what you asked me or not. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And we'll get into that in just a little bit because I want to talk about, you know, how important it is to, to, to buy correctly and know why you bought and then ask yourself if that's still true after a 50% move to the downside, which we've seen this week, right? Absolutely. And so nothing has fundamentally changed, uh, you know, with the companies, the thesis for which um, I own them, um, whether that's, you know, the asset uh, or the management, et cetera. And in many cases, and I got to say this again, um, I was comfortable investing in them at $1,200 gold, at $1,250 gold, right? And so at $1,550 or $1,520 gold, um, I'm still comfortable um, I know that's uh, $150 less than it just was, um, but it's still $300 more than it was several months ago. If you would have told me a year ago that Midas Gold would trade at $0.36 cents Canadian with gold at $1,500, I would have thought you were you were crazy, right? And yet... That's where we're at. So back to the question about approach and buying correctly and Rick's comment on, you know, it's a lot like the real estate market, right? You, 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 you make a lot of your money when you buy, you buy correctly. Um, you know, I initially bought Midas in the portfolio, I believe at 60 cents. I thought I bought correctly then. Um, here we are, you know, at 36 cents. Um, and, and, and every reason why I bought Midas Gold still holds true and even more so today, right? 6.6 .6 million ounces of high margin out gold ounces, 
amazing exploration upside, great jurisdiction, uh, high likelihood that they get their permit early next year. That's been delayed a bit, but that's not the company's fault. That's the government's fault as it usually is. But everything, every box that I checked, amazing management, um, the fact that they would be able to raise capital even during tough times, all of those things are as true today as they were then, even more so now. And yet the company is down some 50 or 60% from the initial purchase price. Um, if you want to get to some of the smaller explorers that I really like, Asukar Minerals, Newcrest came in at a buck 35, a buck 35 a little over a year ago and put, you know, 19, 20 million dollars, if I recall correctly, into the company to explore the El Cobre project in Veracruz, Mexico, a copper gold project. Um that, 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 you know, is, is highly prospective. Rigs are turning right now. They're trying to figure out where the deep feeder zones are. There's a good starter pit in the North zone that's already there. It's a company that has about eight to $9 million Canadian, yet it has a market cap of six and a half million Canadian right now. So there's more cash in the company. You get CEO Morgan Poliquin's expertise. You have a starter pit in the North zone and you have Newcrest in, at a buck 35 and the company's trading at nine cents with a six and a half million dollar market cap. I can't sell into that. Even if the liquidity was there, even if I could sell into it, I can't do it because yes, the company's missed on some of the targets, but the thesis, the original thesis that it would have the capital to, to properly test this project is still intact. It's still in play. You still have that amazing management team, you know, moving that project forward. And I could go on. I could go down the list. Um, but that's just the case for a lot of the juniors. That will change. And when it does, it's going to be quick and it's going to go. Um, what's the uranium uh, hashtag on Twitter that's so popular? Hashtag violent upside. That's what that's what it's going to be like. Uh, and, and so that brings me to my next question. We saw President Trump in his declaration, his emergency declaration, um, come out and say, hey, we're we're we can't believe these prices are so low in the oil uh, spot market. We're going to go ahead and fill up the reserve. Where the fuck is the announcement on uranium, Nick? What did uranium ever do? Because, I mean, there's been more starts to a uranium bull market in the past Decade, five years, three years, two years, this year, um, that that have just have been met with absolute just apathy by everyone involved. And again, on this one, I get there's a lot going on, but we had a moment during this press conference to say we're we're gonna fill up the reserve because it's strategic. It, it's an industry that we need. It's important to the U.S. And I agree with that, by the way. I I I, I joked about socialism. I was I was half serious. Um, and, and half not, but the part where I actually like that, I think, I think it's wise. I think like you mentioned, there's a large sector of our economy in certain places that, that depends on, on that. And we don't want to become dependent the way we have with uranium, but where is the announcement that even the, 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 the energy secretary said was happening a week or two ago. And we've just heard nothing but crickets, crickets, nothing. Did I miss it? No, you didn't <laughs> miss it. And I, I'll address uranium in one second. Let me go back to to Azucar for uh, just one second, and yeah. and you're talking how it's trading um, less than cash, and you could go down the list, and that's exactly what I was going to say. You could go down the list and make that case, and not just for the quality speculations, but for the the quality um, major producers in the space. You got companies like um, 
Sabanye, for example, um, that was $13 last month that closed today uh, just north of five bucks. Um, you know, <laughs> and so um, one, there's value out there if you have dry powder, we know that. But two, um, you know, you don't have a market without a buyer and a seller. And so someone is acquiring these shares as they're being puked up, whether that's Sabanye or whether that's Azucar. And um, I'll, I'll not quote, but tell you what David Erfley was writing about last week, talking about how the only people out here buying and are, are us in the, in the 30 people listening to the Bizarro World podcast and people like <laughs> us, right? Um, and those are strong hands, right? You asked me if I've sold anything. I haven't sold anything. Um, I've only bought. Um, and so when it does come time, you know, this spring, I hate to use the spring in the coil, but it is, it's now more tightly wound. Like I own more shares of these companies than I did a week ago. And that's fewer shares that are available to be bought when people want to buy them. Right. And that's the point that I wanted to make on the Azuka and the uranium. You haven't missed anything. No one cares about uranium. Um, I thought they changed their mind because all my uranium positions were down another 50% this week. Well, you know, that's the other thing I was going to say is now I don't feel so bad for having sold uh, Fission a little bit ago. But, um, you know, the uranium market is so small compared to the oil market and so small compared to, you know, we were blaming impeachment at first and then bam, here comes coronavirus. And so. Uh, in the in the in the face of that, I just have to assume that, you know, you know, it's like Bitcoin, right? It doesn't get a seat at the adult table right now. Correct. Um, the CDC just released three important words on resisting coronavirus. Do you want to hear what they are? Wash your hands. Stop being poor. Oh, that's not official. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, Twitter sometimes makes me smile, and um, th th this is uh, th this makes me smile a little wider than usual because one, it's true, um, and, and two, it's Paris Hilton. I'll put a link up to it on 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 the podcast here, but it's Paris Hilton wearing a tank top that says "Stop being poor" with her, you know, hands up in the air and her happy blonde self doing what her happy blonde self used to like to do. I, I haven't seen her in a while, but. Uh, I think it ties in perfectly what we were saying early in this podcast, right? How it, it just is, is, it's a sad state of affairs here in this country and, and everywhere, but let's speak here in the U.S. that to get a test, you have to be a rich, well-connected NBA basketball player or hockey player um, or Tom Hanks. Um, it, it's just insane to me that that's the status quo and that, that, that people aren't out there in mass just demanding um, access because there's people I'm, I'm fortunate. My mom and my dad both retired and now live in Mexico after living in this country for over 35 years, they have dual citizenship. They're back home and they're older. And if they were here, I would be extremely worried and even more upset about the fact that, you know, it would be very difficult for them to get a test, despite the fact that relative to the, to, to most of the U S population, you know, we're relatively well off. And so, it's it's I can't imagine the people that are living paycheck to paycheck that maybe live with their grandmother or live with an elderly parent um, that has underlying medical conditions that's already struggling to make ends meet. And now you get this and 
very few people high up are, are, are providing any options that make any sense for that group. And that's, that's again, I don't want to, you know, continue belaboring that point, but it's important to me. And I, I, things have to change sooner or later, things have to change. And, and, and I hope that this is a wake up call to a lot of people in either party. Right. Well, they are changing and they will change. And, um, you know, we haven't, we've only seen the first act of this play, right? I've seen, and I haven't even been monitoring that closely because I've been looking at market stuff, but in the little bit I've looked, I saw, um, national guard deployed into a town in New York. I saw, um, I think it was a university, um, in Ohio, um, was having, you know, quote unquote unrest or riots where several police had to be deployed. Um, you know, uh, governor, uh, Hogan in Maryland, where, uh, I lived for a long time, declared state of emergency yesterday and closed all Maryland schools, uh, for two weeks. If you've spent any time in Baltimore, your mind will immediately wonder what all those kids are going to do. Um, not in school for two weeks, you only have to close your eyes and think back a couple of years to the uh, riots that went down uh, during the summer in Baltimore. And so certainly uh, a recipe for some unrest here over the next couple of weeks. And I'm not calling for it or, or saying it's going to happen, but it already has happened in a couple of instances and certainly all the ingredients are there for it. So we'll see. Agreed. Um, yeah, we'll leave that there. Nick, do you have any happy, positive, insightful stories that would make me smile other than Harvey Weinstein going to jail for 23 years? Gosh, what did I think about earlier? Come on, Nick. I, yeah, no, I got some. <laughs> Every week um, I well, ask for a smile. One, um, you know, people aren't going crazy and have been pretty cordial. And so I think um, just looking for the the positive in humanity is a, is a positive in itself. You know, my wife was out shopping yesterday and Costco was mobbed and she said <laughs> nobody was being too, too crazy. And, you know, I'm talking to people here in my office. I've texted with my neighbors. Uh, my rancher sent me an email the other day talking about they got plenty of pigs or whatever. So, you know, like that's all real. Um, that's all real positive. Um, I've been reading about because I happen to be uh, a shareholder in a couple of companies that, you know, have thrust themselves into this coronavirus thing, one on the testing side. Um, and one on the, the therapeutic side, um, not necessarily a preventative vaccine, but a, a therapeutic treatment for people infected, a biotech company I'm involved in called Immunoprecise. Hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, you've seen these stories, whatever country it comes out of, Israel is working on a vaccine, whoever it is here or there, um, that's sort of positive to me, right? I like seeing those things. Um uh, if you want something not coronavirus related, what did I read positive today? There was like, I don't know, over a million acres of forest that were saved from being logged today by a group of uh, hunters in Alaska. I like mm. stories like that because hunters are often cast in a negative light by quote unquote greenies and environmentalists, just like uh, miners that are trying to remediate Superfund sites are cast in a bad light by greenies and environmentalists. Um but truly, um, sometimes mining companies can be stewards of the environment, just like oftentimes hunters are stewards of the environment. And so I'll post a link because that's a fuck ton of forest. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, happy news on my end. What do we have? I see that. Well, this isn't going to be happy news, actually, but it, it, it is a step in the right direction. Um, with a big, big be careful. Um Google is 
partnering with uh, the federal government and the Trump administration to create a website um, that will help track um, and analyze and break down recommendations for people that show symptoms on uh, potential symptoms of coronavirus on where to go and who to call and where to get tested and how to self-quarantine. And so, you know, we've talked over and over how corporations um, really are you know, that other branch of government, right? It's, it's, it's what keeps the lobbyists uh, lobbying and it's what keeps our policy where it's at, whether we're talking, um, you know, gun policy or responses to the opioid crisis, um, which was, you know, far um, and, and so on and so forth. So what are your thoughts on that, Nick? I mean, one, I'm happy that private um, or public companies, I should say, but you know, it's, it's not government. Um, are, are, are stepping up at a time where we absolutely need um, these people to step up. But two, I can't help but think all the data that Google is going to have sure. as a result of this, right? And and so at what price? Well, I think as long I, as love, it's done yeah. in, in a as long as it's done in a, a transparent manner, um, without a motive for profit, and of course, is that possible? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Um, I I welcome any efforts to to inform the community in a, in a, in a transparent way. And certainly Google is in a position to do that with its uh, <laughs> uh, database and, uh, and all the information it has. Right. Um, but a, a quick story, right. So I have a, you know, a monthly meeting or a weekly meeting with my employees via Skype. And we were talking the other day and I was telling them about how China was able to stamp the disease out so quickly and stop its spread was because they're so draconian and so authoritarian that they literally were able to force people to stay home. Um, <laughs> can, I I saw, can, can I tell you my good news before you ruin it with your story? <laughs> sure. <laughs> my good news for the day is that China is slowing down. There were only eight new cases right. today. So let me get That's that right. out there because I know where your story is going. Um, so that is the great news that made me smile other than Harvey Weinstein going to prison for being a rapist. Back to That's you, right. Nick. <laughs> China's making progress. So yes. I'm explaining, you know, how they were able to force people to stay in their houses and apartments by <laughs> literally locking up buildings. Um, how I saw uh, this helmet that uh, law enforcement people were wearing that could scan for people's temperatures, like 100 people a minute. Just like the, 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 anyway, the helmet was like <laughs> scanning crowds for temperatures. And so they could pull out people that had a temperature over 100 degrees. Um, and then of course the phone app, which uh, I can put a link up to, but, um, you know, if you were uh, found to be infected with coronavirus, they were tracking you through your phone, where you'd been, who you'd interacted with. Um, and they were using that to stomp it out. Right. Um, thoroughly invasive, thoroughly authoritarian and not something I would advocate for ever. But, um, one of my employees says, oh, I would love that. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I would love that. She was like, well, we would be able to, you know, figure it out so quickly. And I'm like, yeah, but at what price? And that's the debate, right? The, um, you know, how much freedom do you want to sacrifice for safety? Agreed. Agreed. Um, for now, it's Google making a coronavirus information site, everybody. Um, again, if we need Google to make this site after the Trump administration um, dismantled the agency that was in charge. He, he cut off the funding in 2018 for the group that was in charge of keeping track of this stuff and developing the tools that we need in case of an outbreak like this. Um, 
you know, if we need the Googles of the world to step in, then what the fuck are we doing with these politicians in power? Why do we need them? Why can't I've said this before, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Why can't we vote ideas? Per- well, you're about to see it because I, so love, I, was I hope about so this today. Sorry to cut you off. But so um, I think it was Louisiana. I saw today uh, postpone the Democratic primary. Yep. Um, and so one, I was wondering, well, if the primaries get postponed, what does that mean for the general election? And I started thinking about that. But then I started thinking, well, this would be the perfect opportunity just to implement either a um, Internet voting, which why the why don't we have that right in 2020 when I can send tens of thousands of dollars securely at the press of a button, but I can't vote. Come on. Um, it's just clearly a voter suppression tactic. This is must be uh, nice. This, <laughs> this is like what I was talking about earlier, right? About how the, you know, crises usher, usher in changes. Don't make fun of me. Bro. And then Nick, um, Nick problems. <laughs> now I lost my, now I lost my train I'm so thought. sorry. No, 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 no. You, you, you were talking about if Louisiana can go ahead and postpone. Right. And so postpone, not postpone. Like, <laughs> this would be the perfect opportunity to implement direct democracy, right? Where you could just, you know, vote on ideas and, and policies instead of, you know, having to go through some, um, you know, outdated perhaps system of, of, you know, representatives that don't necessarily have your best interest in mind. I agree. I agree. I think, um, well, let, let, let me, let me take it from where, 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 where you left off. So they just postponed the Louisiana primary there, right? Do you think this happens if, if this continues to escalate in the U S which I think it will. I, I, I think even, even the doctors that are being paraded uh, by the Trump administration are saying you should absolutely be prepared um, for a lot more deaths and a lot more cases because our testing capacity is nil, basically. Um, do you see a postponement of the general election in November? Gosh, I hope not. Um, you know, it, we only really mess with uh, election cycles during, and this is perfect fourth turning stuff, right? Because yep. it would have been the last crisis turning when FDR was allowed yep. um, another, another term, asked. right? You and got so, it. Uh, that perfectly lines up. But no, I don't think it's going to uh, delay the general election, though um, I can certainly see Trump uh, making a case for that, right? Anything to stay in power, which he is uh, solely focused on now. And 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 no, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But but what I do see already happening is um, basically it's a three horse race right now. Right. And those three horses are each trying to take the lead, the lead um, using coronavirus as a catalyst. So in the last 24 hours, you got both Biden and Sanders, um, you know, saying that the, Trump's plan to handle this is not good and they're doing sort of their own plans. Right. So. Um, it's almost like you're going to have uh, three uh, quasi presidents leading you for the next three months and you'll get to pick which one you think should get the next four years in, in, in November. Before we, we cut this off, do you think the airlines should be bailed out? Um, no, I don't think the airline should be bailed out. I didn't think the bank should be bailed out. I don't think the oil companies should be bailed out. We've gotten too far away from pure capitalism. And that's what allows capitalism to be attacked as an evil institution, which it's not. It's this perverse, this, this perverted version of uh, capitalism, which is in fact corporatism that we've been practicing that is evil. And so I think if you let 
uh, true capitalism play out. That is um, no golden parachutes, um, no white collar crime exemptions, um, no bailouts for uh, companies that uh, mishedged, mismanaged, misallocated, and uh, were caught flat-footed and, and off guard in a, in a black swan event. That's how um, evolution makes people and things stronger. And that's the force that should be in play in, in capitalism. Real capitalism. Well said, Mr. Hodge. I absolutely agree with you, um, but that was very well articulated. Thank you for that. Yep. Well, it's been a heck of a week. We could probably go on for another hour. Um, I think we should probably leave it there. We're not going to talk individual companies or I'm not unless you want to, because frankly, um, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, um, there's a lot of names we've sent your way. They're all cheaper than they were yesterday and last week and last month and probably last year. I will give people one tip though. Uh, Magna Gold, we talked last week about um, the game-changing acquisition of the San Francisco mine in Sonora, Mexico, which makes the company um, a producer. The mines had some issues in the past. Uh, margins weren't what they thought they would be. The gentleman that put that project into production once, once upon a time when it was run well, Arturo Bonillas, now has it back under the Magna Gold banner. Stock was halted, I believe, a week and a half or so ago. Um, pending the closing of that acquisition and a concurrent $6 million financing, which I understand is going very well and will close soon despite the market conditions. So the stock's been halted on the Canadian exchange, it for some reason. Um, and I will be taking advantage of this and, and have already a bit by adding to my position. Um, it continues to trade on the US side of it. So if you are in position and want quality gold exposure, um, Magna Gold is a company that at 25 cents US um, is right, right, right below the price of the financing, which is at 35 cents um, Canadian. And so MGLQF is the ticker symbol on the OTCQB. Um, I would give that a look and see if you can't build a position because I believe that Mr. Bonillas and the Magna team will have that San Francisco mine um, running significantly better um, right off the bat. So, yeah, that's my tip for the week. Which is in Mexico and not Tejas. Not Tejas, Mexico. Si, senora, senora Hodge. <laughs> Nick, it's been interesting. Um does the Fed go to zero next week? Uh, I think you get uh, uh, three quarters. Okay. I, I actually think you're right. Um, it has to save something. There isn't much left, right? Yeah. Um, you know, backing itself into a corner is what it's been doing. And uh, it's got to leave a little tiny bit of a uh, corner, uh, I think, to keep its last shreds of credibility intact before we go negative. Keep an eye on the bond market, everybody. Keep an eye on what happens in Europe. Keep an eye on Italy's completely shut down. That is a big part of the Eurozone. Um, Germany a few hours ago said that it's making an about face and they went from austerity basically um, to saying they're going to do the same thing that the Fed's doing. They're going to go ahead and, um, you know, 
throw everything at it because I don't think they have a choice. And I think they realize they don't have a choice. Germany being the strongest economy in that zone, I don't think it'll matter at the end. I think in 2021, all hell is going to break loose. If you think this is bad, um, <laughs> give, give, give it six, seven, eight months. It's going to get a lot worse. But I do think in the meantime, uh, the stimulus, the initial, the initial rounds that we're going to get over the next several months will stabilize things a bit, a bit compared to what it was this week. But I, I think this is the new normal, everyone. 50 to $100 moves in gold. Um, treasuries moving up a quarter point back and forth, up and down. Um, you know, 5 6% moves in the stock market in either direction. That, that, I think, is the new norm. So get ready for it. It's here. And call your mama. She wants to hear from you. Call your mom. If you have a mom, if you have a dad, if you have loved ones, give them a call. They all want to hear from you. Tell them something nice. Guys, be nice to each other. Take care of each other. Don't be an asshole. If, if, if you think you have a fever, don't go to the club and go dancing with everybody and then go hang out with your 70-year-old grandfather or 80-year-old grandfather and expose them potentially to, to something that could kill them. Even if you are okay, show some consideration, everybody. I am Gerardo Del Real. Along with my co-host, Senor Nicolas Hodge. This is episode 61 of Bizarro World. Have a great week, everybody. Good luck out there. See ya.